Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, pastor here at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today in our devotional journey through the New Testament, we are in Acts chapter 9, and we are going to see the conversion of, of Saul, known as Paul, and, and the author of 13 letters in the New Testament. Uh, much of the rest of Acts is going to be about his missionary travels. And uh, and so this is, a, this is a great moment in church history. And it starts, if, you, uh, if you're in Acts chapter 9, he, here's where it starts. Verses 1 through 3, it says, But Saul, look at the language here, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Some versions say murderous threats. It says, Went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, these are Christians, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on the way, on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. Now, here's what we see: Saul, he's going to the chief priest, and he wants he wants official paperwork so he can go and he can persecute Christians in Damascus. This is his goal. He's breathing murderous threats. You remember when Philip, or excuse me, when when Stephen was stoned to death, and how the crowd they were so angry they were grinding their teeth. This is the posture of heart that Paul or, or Saul that, that he has towards those who are followers of Jesus. He, he's he's not subtle. He's not. He's not tactful or like polite. He he is breathing murderous threats and he has the goal. He, he wants to go and he wants to persecute. On his way to Damascus, a bright light begins to shine. Let's keep going. It says, And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. Wow. So he's, he's traveling. He's got intentions to persecute those who are followers of Jesus. And Jesus comes and appears to him as a bright light. And, and he says, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, what, what do you mean? Who, how am I persecuting you, Lord? You got to think he's thinking this is the voice of Yahweh. This is, this is the voice of the one true God. He, he is not expecting at all that this is the voice of the second member of the triune God. This is Jesus. Jesus says, Jesus, I'm Jesus who you are persecuting. He says, now I want you to go <clears throat> and, and I want you to arise and I want you to go forward. And, and, and what ends up happening is Saul rises and he's blinded. His travelers are not, but he is blinded. They take him and, uh, and, and he, he goes there. And then God also is going to give instructions to a disciple there. Let, let's continue. Let's see what, what happens here next. It says, but Ananias, this is a disciple, says, answered the Lord. Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on his name. So the Lord wants Ananias to go and meet with, with Saul. And Ananias, he wants nothing to do with it. Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, 
for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Well, Ananias, he, he follows the Lord's instructions. He goes and he finds Saul. He goes and he lays his hands on him. He prays for him. Um, later, we, we find that this is he, he's baptized here. These scales fall off of his eyes. He regains his sight. And, uh, you know, everyone's a little nervous still. Everyone's a little nervous. Is this, is this real? Is this a... Is this a trick? Is this something that this uh, Jewish man is is doing to get into the inner circles of the church so he can actually find people and really ultimately persecute them? That's the concern. But but here's what Paul does next. It says, And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of all those who called upon this name? And he has not come here here for this purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests. But Saul, look at this, increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the So, Here's what Saul does. He he goes and he goes to the synagogues. And he's in the town where he's supposed to be arresting people who are followers of Jesus. And instead, he is proclaiming this message that Jesus is the Son of God. Saul is now convinced that Jesus is the divine Son of God. He is convinced that Jesus is the Savior. He is convinced, we're going to see throughout his ministry, that Jesus is the only way to be saved. And people, they are amazed. They're like, wait, 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 hold on. The math does not add up. This guy's here for this purpose, but he's doing the complete opposite of it. In fact, when they come to argue with him, when the Jews come to argue with him, it says he increased all the more in strength and he confounded the Jews and he proved that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. What, what do we do with this story? How, how do we conceptualize it in our modern day, this, this ancient story for our modern day? Here's the simple way I want us to think about this today. I want us to realize that, that Saul was about as far away from Christ as one can get. And yet he was so near Here's what I want us to realize. I want us to realize those in our life who, who we look at them and we think, man, they are so far from God. They want nothing to do with Jesus. They are a persecutor. They are a mocker of Christ. Listen, all it takes is God's spirit to work in them. And they can become the most zealous and passionate defenders and proclaimers of the faith. Here's what I want us to do with this today. I want us to think about our, our family members our children who do not follow Christ, our parents, our aunts, or our uncles. I want us to think about our neighbors and our coworkers. I want you to think about your classmates and your friends. Now, I want you to think about anyone in your life who is yet to trust in Jesus. In fact, those who are antagonistic against the gospel message. And I want us to double down in our prayer for them. 
I want us to beg the Lord that he would reveal to them the glory of the gospel of Christ. Simply, I want us to pray that the light of Jesus would shine into their life in the way that it it shone into Paul's life. And then in that moment, they would trust in Christ. I want us to be those who pray that those who are antagonistic become the greatest allies in the gospel message that we've ever seen. God's done it before. Maybe God's done that in your life. Maybe at once, once you, you were far from God and, and Christ revealed himself to you and now you love the Lord and you want others too. Would you join me? Would you today, would you take out a piece of paper? Would you write down three names of people that you, that you perceive that they are, uh, they, are, uh, they are antagonistic to the faith and would you just begin to regularly pray for them? Pray that God would soften their heart. Pray that God would open their mind. Pray that they would trust in Christ, in his death, in his resurrection, and that they would be saved and that they would now live as as a voice for Christ.